Welcome and thank you for joining me for the second episode of Drive Time Devotionals, a podcast to help you stand strong in your faith and remain in Christ. In each episode, I'll take around 10 minutes to examine a passage of Scripture in order to better understand how to live it out each and every day in your life. I'm Bill Simpson, and I've been a follower of Jesus since 1982. My journey with Christ has taught me that life is all about learning how to live desperately dependent on the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. You can learn more about me and the two books I've written at my website, BillSimpson.org. In the first episode, we explored John 15, 1 through 11. Remember, anytime you read John's writings, it gives you deeper understanding as you think about how this amazing man of God was led by the Spirit to write this gospel when he was probably in his 80s, which is super old for the first century. That means he had poured over all the other letters that became the New Testament and had outlived all the other apostles. Now in his final years, the Lord inspired him to give us a very personal account of Jesus' life and teachings from a wholly different perspective than what we get from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If you're following along with me, I'm reading from the New English Translation, John 15:12 through 17. Now in this passage, Jesus gives us the connection between remaining in him, what we looked at in episode 1, obeying his teachings, and loving fellow followers. Jesus is with the eleven, now in the Garden of Gethsemane, on that holy Thursday night. Judas was off carrying out his betrayal plans, which would take place in just a little while. And don't forget, Jesus knew everything that was about to take place. So let's pick up in John fifteen twelve. My commandment is this, to love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because the slave does not understand what his master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have revealed to you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that remains, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. This I command you to love one another. So twice in this brief passage, we read Jesus' highest command, to love one another. And it's actually the third time he gave this instruction. Much earlier in the evening, after he had washed their feet, Jesus said this, I give you a new commandment, to love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Everyone will know by this you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's from John thirteen thirty four. Virtually every religion has some form of the golden rule, to love others like you love yourself. But Jesus gave us a totally new command. It's new because it is radically different than the golden rule. The new command, we can maybe think of it as the diamond rule. It's to love other believers the same way that Jesus loves them. Now the Greek word for love, this kind of love, is agape. So what is agape love? Jesus took an ordinary Greek word and exploded it into the rich reality of his kingdom. Agape was an ancient word that was different from the other popular words used in those days for romantic love and brotherly love. It was used primarily to describe the Greek gods. 
Using Greek mythology, agape was the word used for the love that the gods chose to give to certain people, not everyone, especially rulers and generals. Jesus took this word and gave it new power and a much fuller meaning. The forgiveness of sins that he purchased releases a whole new kind of love, this agape love that overflows and fills and directs all of life. We have no English word like it. The closest word is probably altruism. That's a great SAT word, but who uses altruism on a regular basis? But the word love isn't really adequate. I love fried chicken. I even love the phrase, eat more chicken. I also love football. I love the beach. I love the mountains. I love my wife, Tammy, and I love the Lord Jesus. Now, how in the world can one word properly express my true and deep feelings for fried chicken, football, my wife, and Jesus? We must think about the depth of God's agape love to really understand what Jesus is commanding us to do. God agape loved us before we ever returned his love. He agape loves us with such magnitude that we could never adequately reciprocate it. And that is the basis of agape love. It doesn't require reciprocation. It's not a tit for tat that if you love me, I'll love you back. Agape love comes with a price. Agape love always costs the giver. Agape love is a selfless love that focuses completely on the receiver and not on self. A stunning example of agape love is when the Roman soldiers were impaling Jesus to the cross and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. That, my friend, is agape love. And isn't it true that we are sometimes hurt by people who don't really know what they are doing? I wonder if the greatest challenge you face is the same one that I struggle with, agape loving every believer the same way that Jesus agape loves them. Believers can be so annoying, so opinionated, so different, and some personalities just rub me the wrong way. I sometimes find it easier to love those who are far from God than the saints who are adopted into the family with me. Can you relate? But Jesus made it crystal clear. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. The old apostle John hammered this truth in all of his writings. It couldn't be any clearer. Our highest responsibility in the kingdom of God is to agape love everyone God has called into his kingdom, every last one of them, no matter what. And that can be so difficult to do. We know that all too well. What is needed is a constant flow of God's strength so that we can remain in Christ with his agape love flowing out of us to our fellow followers. You see, that's how the first church in Jerusalem turned the city upside down, the way they loved one another. And when another believer you don't particularly care for says or does something that ticks you off or hurts your feelings... It's time to cry out to the Father for his power so that you can agape love them. Remember, agape love always costs you. Realize, too, that your relationship with another believer is never one-on-one. Christ is always there. He lives in you, and he lives in the other believer through his Spirit. The more I remind myself of this truth, especially when I'm ticked off with another believer, the more it helps me. I find that asking the Father to grant me to be strengthened helps me to live in the consciousness of His presence, which gives me more incentive to agape love like He does. 
We are all in desperate need of the Father to strengthen us so that we can take direct control of our mind and emotions, especially in traffic. As we remain in Jesus, we can be very open and honest with our Father in our praying. And the more honest we are, the deeper our relationship becomes. You know that because it's true in all of your relationships. So it is with your Father in the heavens. The more honest you are with Him, the more you will seek His help. And that's why Jesus used the word to remain over and over that night in the garden. That's why John was led to use it over 20 times in his brief letter we call 1 John. We receive the power of God through the Spirit living within us as we remain in Him. We remain in Him through keeping His commands, and His highest and most important command is that we are to selflessly love every other follower of Jesus in the same way that He loves them. No problem, right? (laughs) No, heck no. Loving the saints is tough, especially when they don't love us back. So we need a character overhaul. We need a new operating system to enable us to remain in Jesus and agape love his people. And that's why Jesus repeated this amazing promise. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. In my name doesn't mean I can ask for whatever flips my flop and add the tagline, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name means in his will in complete alignment with everything he stands for and all he has done, is doing, and is going to do. We learn that from verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. See, there it is. Jesus' words must remain in us. As his words, his teachings, remain in our hearts and minds, we will begin to ask the Father for the same kinds of things Jesus asked of him. I have found in my life that in order to remain in Christ, I must remain conscious of his presence in me throughout the day, speaking to him regularly about the things that matter to both of us. And to love every other believer, we must remain in Jesus with his words and grace flowing into us and out from us. So in our next episode, we'll look at 1 John to learn more about how to remain in Christ and how to agape love other believers. I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, my contact information is on my website, billsimpson.org. Until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.